A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. While I'm looking around for children, I don't see any. Are there any children in the Mass today that we can have our little children's homily? Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. Um, so, we'll just get started then. Um, this is a beautiful line, and it's a line that we hear in Mass every single week. Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world who takes away the sins of the world. Now, what does that mean? Does that, does that ring true to anybody? That when Jesus came, the sins of the world were gone? He took away all the sins of the world? I mean, is that, I mean when we think about this, let's think about this. We take this seriously. Did Jesus take away the sins of the world? Or are there still a few sins hanging around from place to place, all right, from person to person? Well, you know, when we come to something so rich and powerful in Scripture and it doesn't make sense to us, that's a cue, or it should be a cue, that we need to look deeper and understand more fully what it is God is trying to to speak to us about, what God is trying to share with us. One of the big problems I think we have in our lives is that we misunderstand what sin is. Actually, the truth is, I think there's a lot about our faith that we misunderstand because we learn our faith, most of us learn our faith as young children, right? We learn our faith in Sunday school. And our, our teachers, God bless them, because they're trying to take something massive like the Catholic faith and, and bring it down to little nuggets that children can understand, and they impart to us the, the, you know, these very basic rudimentary understandings. But then as we grow up, we, you know, we need, our faith needs to grow. What happens is, and I think this is a problem that a lot of, a lot of Catholics who go to college and they have this, this little Sunday school vision of God. And they get to college, and then they discover how big the universe is, and suddenly the universe is bigger than their understanding of God. And when you face something like that, you have two choices. One, you can just 
stop believing in God because obviously the universe is, is bigger than God, or you can expand your understanding of God. And your life can become so much richer. But it takes a choice, and it takes, it takes some doing. It takes some time in prayer. It takes some time in meditation and contemplation on the Word of God. It takes, sometimes it takes some research into reading what the church has really taught over the years, to get into some, some encyclicals and some, um, get into some uh, documents of the, of the councils and to, to begin to, and, and to the saints and understand the breadth of our faith, how rich and wonderful it is. Or you can just, the easier, the easier thing to do is just toss it out the window. I'm not going to bother with religion anymore because now I understand how big the universe is. Well, I kind of got off on a tangent there, didn't I? But we misunderstand what sin is. Most of us think of sin as breaking a rule, right? We learn in, in, as children, these are the rules. These are the things that you have to do. And if you break those rules, then you've committed a sin. You've got to go to confession and tell the priest so that he can absolve you, and then you can go back and break another rule. You know. So we're thinking in terms of breaking a rule, or we think in terms of uh, behavior, that we know we do things that we know God doesn't want us to do, and we do them again and again and again and again, and we got to get tired of going into confession, making the same, confessing the same sin, and going out and doing it again, because we still think in terms that sin is something that we do. Maybe that's not sin at all. Maybe sin is a condition. Maybe sin is like a disease. Maybe sin is like a wound. That we are wounded and hurt. And what Jesus comes to do is to heal the wound, to heal the disease. You know, we get so caught up in, in the externals. It's like going to the hospital and visiting a friend. And they're lying there and they have pneumonia. And we go there and we say, you know what your problem is? You cough too much. You know, or maybe trying to treat measles with some kind of, with makeup. You know, just, just cover up those red spots and you'll be okay. It's the condition. It's what's inside. It's the hurts and the wounds that drive us to these behaviors. And as long as we just keep confessing behaviors and grabbing absolution and going on, we discover that things aren't changing. Jesus wants to heal your wounds. And most of us have never thought of it that way. And so we go through life with these wounds continuing to drive us farther and farther away from God and getting confused as to why we don't have some kind of victory over these behaviors. But because the behaviors aren't the problems, the problems are the wounds that are deep, deep inside of us. When John the Baptist said, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, what he is saying is that Jesus is going to suffer so that your wounds can be healed. 
Now you notice that Jesus is the Lamb of God. He's not the goat of God. And I know that sounds silly, but there's a reason for that. You know, Jesus was crucified at the Passover. And the Passover was the sacrifice of the Lamb. The Day of Atonement, the sacrifice was a goat. But they were different types of ministries. Now, Jesus does it all, right? Jesus does it all. But in the Day of Atonement, sins are forgiven. At the Passover, slavery is broken and his people enter freedom. When John is saying Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, he's saying that your slavery to sin, your slavery to the wounds that cause you to live apart from God, the wounds that separate you from God, you are set free from those so that you can live in freedom. You can be healed. In fact, Isaiah prophesied this about Christ's crucifixion. He says, by his wounds, by the wounds of Christ, you are healed. St. Peter, in his epistle, repeats that. He quotes Isaiah, but he makes one slight change. He changes the tense of the verb. Peter says, by Christ's wounds you were healed. Because Christ has carried our wounds with him to the cross. See, those wounds that we've carried with us in our lives, they always have the same result which is fear and shame. The same result Adam and Eve had in the garden. As soon as they had sinned, they ran from God in fear and they hid from God because they were ashamed. Jesus wants to set you free from the wounds of sin so that you can worship him, as the canticle of Zechariah says, worship him without fear. You can come into God's presence without fear and without shame. Because Christ, the Passover lamb, heals you of these wounds. But somehow we have to make that real into our lives, don't we? Somehow we need to say, okay, that's a great theological concept, but how do I make that happen? Because there are still a lot of things in my life that cause me to be afraid of God. There are things in my life that cause me to be ashamed. And I don't know that I've got all the answers, but this is what I do. All right? All I can do is share with you how I deal with, with, with the wounds that cause fear and shame in my own life. And I take these wounds to Christ. I give them to him. And I say this prayer, it's a very simple prayer, and some of you may have, have, you know, sometimes I give this as a penance and confession. It's a very simple prayer. I say to God, you love me just the way I am. You forgive me just the way I am. You accept me just the way I am. Therefore, I love myself just the way I am. I forgive myself just the way I am. I accept myself just 
the way I am. And let the blood of Christ, the Passover lamb, heal those wounds of fear and shame in my own life. I encourage you to try that in yourself. Whenever I have a thought or a memory that causes me to be ashamed, all right, or if I have a memory that, that causes me to have regrets, if I have a memory that causes me to be afraid, I take that memory and I place it at the cross of Christ and I say this simple prayer. You love me just the way I am. You forgive me just the way I am. You accept me just the way I am. Therefore, I love myself just the way I am. I forgive myself just the way I am. I accept myself just the way I am. And then God brings healing. I know some people might say, well, that doesn't make sense. Shouldn't we concentrate on trying to be better? All right? It's like getting some white paint and trying to cover, paint the red dots on somebody who has measles, right? Shouldn't we concentrate on trying to be better? No. Just concentrate on trying to be loved. Concentrate on being forgiven. Concentrate on being accepted. And rob the power of those wounds to drive us farther and farther away from God. Let Jesus heal us. Let Jesus renew us, change us, transform us by giving our wounds to him. Because he is the Passover lamb. And by his wounds, we were healed.